Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 34 and 35 and in the previous episode we read chapters 32 and 33 and Queen Hilla and Kinsey had helped Hazel after formulating a very thorough plan on how exactly that uh, Hazel and uh, Percy and Frank are going to get out. Now, we also found out that Hazel had recognized some uh, a familiar a familiar animal from before uh, on in her first life, as we'd like to call it, before the cave collapse incident and everything. Um, and that horse's name is Arian. Now, Arian is uh, Hazel is the only one who's able to tame Arian and be able to communicate with Arian or at least touch Arian without getting pummeled. So with that, that already establishes some kind of connection between the two of them and also gets her her some respect because almost nobody can control Arian except for Hazel. And that's when Hilla and Kinsey entrust Arian to Hazel, hoping that, you know, Arian will be able to help Hazel get to wherever she needs to go to. So... With that, they formulate an escape plan. Hazel is able to successfully escape with Arian and Percy and Frank, uh, much to uh, Queen Artura's dismay. And they go at such lightning speed that uh, some of the some of them, including Frank, uh, are, are very close to hurling. And they also land in an area that is also very nearby to Frank's Frank's grandmother's home. But unfortunately, some Lashragonians surround the area of Frank's grandmother's house. So in order to do that, Frank decides to use his spear for the second time, which means he only has one charge left, and gets Grey to kill all of the Lashragonians so that they can safely go to their his, Frank's grandmother's house. So now we're going to read chapter 34, Frank. They stopped at the front porch, as Frank had feared a loose ring of campfires glowed in the woods, completely surrounding the property, but the house itself seemed untouched. Grandmother's wind chimes jangled in the night breeze. Her wicker chair sat empty, facing the road. Lights shone through the downstairs windows, but Frank decided, decided against ringing the doorbell. He didn't know how late it was, or if grandmother was asleep, or even home. Instead, he checked the stone elephant statue in the corner, a tiny duplicate of the one in Portland. The spare key was still tucked under its foot. He hesitated at the door. What's wrong? Percy asked. Frank remembered the morning he'd opened this door for the military officer who had told him about his mother. He remembered walking down these steps to her funeral, holding his piece of firewood in his coat for the first time. He remembered standing here and watching the wolves come out of the woods. Lupa's minions, who would lead him to Camp Jupiter. That seemed so long ago, but it had only been six weeks. Now he was back. Would Grandmother hug him? Would she say, Frank, thank the gods you've come. I'm surrounded by monsters. More likely, she'd scold him, scold him or mistake them for intruders and chase them off with a frying pan. Frank? Hazel asked. Ella is nervous. The harpy muttered from her perch on the railing. The elephant. The elephant is looking at Ella. It'll be fine. Frank's hand was shaking so badly he could barely fit the key in the lock. Just 
stay together. Inside the house smelled closed up and musty. Usually the air was scented with jasmine incense, but all the burners were empty. They examined the living room, the dining room, the kitchen. Dirty dishes were stacked in the sink, which wasn't right. Grandmother's maid came every day unless she'd be scared off by the giants. Or eaten for lunch, Frank thought. Ella had said the last Dragonians were cannibals. He pushed that thought aside. Monsters ignored regular mortals. At least they usually did. In the parlor, Buddha statues and Taoist immortals grinned at them, like psycho clowns. Frank remembered Iris, the rainbow goddess who'd been dabbling in, Bo- in Buddhism and Taoism. Frank figured one visit to this creepy old house would cure her of that. Grandmother's large porcelain vases, v- vases were strung with cobwebs. Again, that wasn't right. She insisted that her collection be dusted regularly. Looking at the porcelain, Frank felt a twinge of guilt for having destroyed so many pieces the day of the funeral. It seemed silly to him now. Getty angry at Gaia grandmother when he had so many others to be angry at? Juno, Gaia, the giants, his dad, Mars, especially Mars. The fireplace was dark and cold. Hazel hugged her chest as if to keep the piece of firewood from jumping into the hearth. Is that... Yeah, Frank said. That's it. That's what? Percy asked. Hazel's expression was sympathetic, but that just made Frank feel worse. He remembered how terrified, how repulsed she had looked when he had summoned Gray. It's the fireplace, he told Percy, which sounded stupidly obvious. Come on, let's check upstairs. The steps creaked under their feet. Frank's old room was the same. None of his things had been touched. His extra bow and quiver. He'd have to grab those later. His spelling awards from school. Yeah, he probably was the only non-dyslexic spelling champion in the demigod in the world. As if he weren't enough of a freak already. And his photos of his mom. In her flak jacket and a helmet. Sitting on a Humvee in Kandahar province. In her soccer coach uniform. The season she'd coached Frank's team. In her military dress uniform, her hands on Frank's shoulders, the time she'd visited his school for career day. Your mother? Hazel asked gently. She's beautiful. Frank couldn't answer. He felt a little embarrassed. A 16-year-old guy with a bunch of pictures of his mom? How hopelessly lame was that? But mostly he felt sad. Six weeks since he'd been here. In some ways, it seemed like forever. But when he looked at his mom's smiling face in those photos, the pain of losing her was as fresh as ever. They checked out their bedrooms. The middle two were empty. A dim light flickered under the last door. Grandmother's room. Frank knocked quietly. No one answered. He pushed open her door. Grandmother lay in bed looking gaunt and frail. Her white hair spread around her face like a basilisk crown. A single cradle burned on the nightstand. At her bedside sat a large man in beige, Canadian forces fatigues. Despite the gloom, he wore dark sunglasses with blood-red light glowing behind the lenses. Mars, Frank said. The god looked up impassively. Hey, kid, come on in. Tell your friends to take a hike. Frank? Hazel whispered. What do you mean, Mars? Is your grandmother... Is she okay? 
Frank glanced at his friends. You don't see him? See who? Percy gripped his sword. Mars? Where? The war god chuckled. Nah, they can't see me. Figured it was better this time. Just a private conversation. Father-son, right? Frank clenched his fists. He counted to ten before he trusted himself to speak. Guys, it's... It's nothing. Listen, why don't you take the middle bedrooms? Roof? Ella said. Roofs are good for harpies. Sure, Frank said in a daze. There's probably food in the kitchen. Would you give me a few minutes alone with my grandmother? I think she... His voice broke. He wasn't sure if he wanted to cry or scream or punch Mars in the glasses. Maybe all three. Hazel laid her hand on his arm. Of course, Frank. Come on, Ella. Percy. Frank waited until his friend's steps receded. Then he walked into the bedroom and closed the door. Is it really you? He asked Mars. This isn't a trick or illusion or something. The god shook his head. You prefer if it wasn't me? Yes, Frank confessed. Mars shrugged. Can't blame you. Nobody welcomes war. Not if they're smart. But war finds everyone sooner or later. It's inevitable. That's stupid, Frank said. War isn't inevitable. In- inevitable. It kills people. It took your mom. Mars finished. Frank wanted to smack the calm look out of off his face. But maybe that was just Mars' aura, making him feel aggressive. He looked down at his grandmother sleeping peacefully. He wished she could wake up. If anyone could take on a war god, his grandmother could. She's ready to die, Mars said. She's been ready for weeks, but she's been holding on for you. For me? Frank was so stunned, he almost forgot his anger. Why? How could she know I was coming back? I didn't know. The Lastragonians outside knew, Mars said. I imagine a certain goddess told them. Frank blinked. Juno? The war god laughed so loudly the windows rattled, but grandmother didn't even stir. Juno? Boar's whiskers, kid. Not Juno. You're Juno's secret weapon. She wouldn't sell you out. No, I meant Gaia. Obviously, she's been keeping track of you. I think you worry her more than Percy or Jason, or any of the seven. Frank felt like the room was tilting. He wished there were another chair to sit in. The seven? You mean in the ancient prophecy, the doors of death, I'm one of the seven? And Jason and... Yes, yes. Mars waved his hand impatiently. Come on, boy, you're supposed to be a good tactician. Think it through. Obviously, your friends are being groomed for that mission, too. Assuming you make it back from Alaska alive. Juno aims to unite the Greeks and Romans and send them against the giants. She believes it's the only way to stop Gaia. Mars shrugged, clearly unconvinced of the plan. Anyway, Gaia doesn't want you to be one of the seven. Percy Jackson... She believes she can control him. All of the others have weaknesses she can exploit. But you, you worry her. She'd rather kill you right away. That's why she summoned the Lastragonians. They've been here for days, waiting. Frank shook his head. Was Mars playing some kind of trick? No way would a goddess be worried about Frank, especially when there was somebody like Percy Jackson to worry about. <laughs> no weaknesses? He, he asked. I'm nothing but weaknesses. My life depends on a piece of wood. 
Mars grinned. You're selling yourself short. Anyway, Gaia has these last Dragonians convinced that if they eat the last member of your family, that being you, they'll inherit your family gift. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but the last Dragonians are hungry to try. Frank's stomach twisted into a knot. Gray had killed six of the ogres, but judging from the campfires around the property, they were dozens more, all waiting to cook Frank for breakfast. I'm gonna throw up, he said. No, you're not. Mars snapped his fingers and Frank's queasiness disappeared. Battle jitters. Happens to everybody. But my grandmother... Yeah, she's been waiting to talk to you. The ogres have left her alone so far. She's the bait, see? Now that you're here, I imagine they've already spelled your presence. They'll attack in the morning. Get us out of here then, Frank demanded. Snap your fingers and blow up the cannibals. Heh, that would be fun. But I don't fight my kids' battles for them. The fates have clear ideas about what jobs belong to gods and what has to be done by mortals. This is your quest, kid. And uh, in case you haven't figured it out yet, your spear won't be ready to use again for 24 hours. So I hope you've learned how to use the family gift. Otherwise, you're going to be breakfast for cannibals. The family gift. Frank had wanted to talk with the grandmother about it, but now he had no one to consult but Mars. He stared at the war god who was smiling with absolutely no sympathy. I'm so sorry for this pronunciation. Parasilomenus. Frank sounded out the word carefully, like a spelling bee challenge. He was my ancestor, a Greek prince, an Argonaut. He died fighting Hercules. Mars rolled, rolled his hand in a go-on gesture. He had an ability that helped him in combat, Frank said. Some sort of gift from the gods. My mom said he fought like a swarm of bees. Mars laughed. <laughs> True enough. What else? Somehow, the family got to China. I think, like in the days of the Roman Empire, one of Parasilomenes' descendants served in a legion. My mom used to talk about a guy named Seneca Gracchus. Gracious. But he also had a Chinese name. Sung Guo. I think... Well, this is the part I don't know. But Reyna always said there were many lost legions. The 12th founded Camp Jupiter. Maybe there was another legion that disappeared into the east. Mars clapped silently. Not bad, kid. Ever heard of the Battle of Carhae? Huge disaster for the Romans. They fought these guys caught the, called the Parthians on the eastern border of the empire. 15,000 Romans died. 10,000 more were taken prisoner. And one of the prisoners was my ancestor Seneca Gracious. Gracchus. Gracchus? Exactly, Mars agreed. The Parthians put the captured legionnaires to work, since they were pretty good fighters. Except then, Parthia got invaded again from the other direction. By the Chinese, Frank guessed. And the Roman prisoners got captured again. Yeah, kind of embarrassing. Anyway, that's how a Roman legion got to China. The Romans eventually put down roots and built a new hometown called Lijen, Frank said. My mother said that it was our ancestral home. Lijen. 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 Mars looked pleased. Now you're getting it. An old Seneca Gracchus. He had your family's gift. My mom said he fought dragons. Frank remembered. 
She said he was, he was the most powerful dragon of all. He was good, Mars admitted. Not good enough to avoid the bad luck of his lesion, but good. He settled in China, passed the family gift to his kids, and so on. Eventually, your family emigrated to North America and got involved with Camp Jupiter. Full circle, Frank finished. Juno said I would bring the family. Full circle. We'll see, Mars nodded at his grandmother. She wanted to tell you all this herself, but I'd figure, I figured I'd cover some of it since the old bird hasn't gotten much strength. So do you understand your gift? Frank hesitated. He had an idea, but it seemed crazy. Even crazier than a family moving from Greece to Rome to China to Canada. He didn't want to say it out loud. He didn't want to be wrong and have Mars laugh at him. I, I think so. But against an army of those ogres, yeah, it'll be tough. Mars stood and stretched. When your grandmother wakes up in the morning, she'll offer you some help. Then I imagine she'll die. What? But I have to save her. She can't just leave me. She's lived a full life, Mars said. She's ready to move on. Don't be selfish. Selfish? The old woman only stuck around this long out of a sense of duty. Your mom was the same way. That's why I loved her. She always put her duty first, ahead of everything, even her life. Even me. Mars took off his sunglasses, where his eyes should have been. Miniature spheres of, spheres of fire boiled like nuclear explosions. Self-pity isn't helpful, kid. It isn't worthy of you. Even without the family gift, your mom gave you your most important traits. Bravery, loyalty, brains. Now you've got to decide how to use them. In the morning, listen to your grandmother. Take her advice. You can still free Thanatos and save the camp. And leave my grandmother behind to die? Life is only precious because it ends, kid. Take it from a god. You mortals don't know how lucky you are. Yeah, Frank wondered. Real lucky. Mars laughed, a harsh metallic sound. Your mother used to tell me this Chinese proverb. Eat bitter. Eat bitter, taste sweet, Frank said. I hate that proverb. But it's true. What do they call it these days? No pain, no gain? Same concept. You do the easy thing, the appealing thing, the peaceful thing. Mostly it turns out sour in the end. But if you take the hard path, ah, uh, that's how you reap the sweet rewards. Duty, sacrifice, they mean something. Frank was so disgusted he could hardly speak. This? Was his father? Sure. Frank understood about his mom being a hero. He understood she'd saved lives and been really brave, but she left him alone. That wasn't fair. It wasn't right. I'll be going, Mars promised. But first, you said you were weak. That's not true. You want to know why Juno spared you, Frank? Why that piece of wood didn't burn yet? It's because you've got a role to play. You think you're not as good as the other Romans. You think Percy Jackson is better than you. He is, Frank grumbled. He battled you and won. Mars shrugged. Maybe, maybe so. But every hero has a fatal flaw. Percy Jackson, he's too loyal to his friends. He can't give them up, not for anything. He was told that years ago, and someday soon he's going to face a sacrifice he can't make. Without you, Frank, without your sense of duty, he's going to fail. The whole war will go sideways and Gaia will destroy our world. Frank shook his duty, his head. 
couldn't hear this. War is a duty. A duty. Duty? Duty. Mars continued. The only real choice is whether you accept it and what you fight for. The legacy of Rome is on the line. 5,000 years of law, order, civilization, the gods, the traditions, the cultures that shape the world you live in, it's all going to crumble, Frank, unless you win this. I think that's worth fighting for. Think about it. What's mine? Frank asked. Mars raised an eyebrow. Your what? Fatal flaw. You said all heroes have one. The god smiled dryly. You gotta answer that yourself, Frank. But you're finally asking the right questions. Now get some sleep. You need the rest. The god waved his hand. Frank's eyes felt heavy. He collapsed and everything went dark. Fi, said a familiar voice, harsh and impatient. Frank blinked his eyes. Sunlight streamed into the room. Fi, get up! As much as I would like to slap that ridiculous face of yours, I am no condition to get out of bed. Grandmother? She came into focus, looking down at him from the bed. He lay sprawled on the floor. Someone had put a blanket over him during the night and a pillow under his head, but he had no idea how it happened. Yes, my silly ox. Grandmother still looked horribly weak and pale, but her voice was as steely as ever. Now get up. The ogres have surrounded the house. We have much to discuss if you and your friends are to escape here alive. And that's the end of chapter 34. That was certainly a very interesting chapter. Knowing that maybe... Well, first of all, knowing that our uh, most of our theories are probably most of the theories are probably coming out to be true, um, you know, and the fact that we are also finding out that Percy's fatal flaw is to his friends, although that was probably inherently seen throughout the all the books in the previous series. I think being it, having it pointed out and how Frank is going to play a major role in that is going to be very crucial to the victory of the seven demigods, uh, the prophecy of the seven. Um, granted that they do come out successful, hopefully. Um, this definitely was an interesting chapter. We still we got to look at more of Mars and Frank's relationship. And right now, I do wonder if Frank's um, opinion on Mars will ever change. Because he probably has the most negative opinion of Mars right now because of what had happened to his mother. And now, because of what Mars had told him, he's kind of also kind of getting that little bit of resentment towards his mother as well. Because he finds out that she had valued her duty more than Frank and that kind of upsets him in a bit, in a sense. But hopefully over the book and in the series, he starts to more appreciate more of what the value of duty is and why his mother had to do what, he, what she had to do. So after this break, we're going to read chapter 35 and see how exactly Frank and the tree are going to face up against this pair of this army of Lashragonians and ogres waiting outside of their house. So after the break, we'll read chapter 34, 35. And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 35, Frank. 
One look out of the window, and Frank knew he was in trouble. At the edge of the lawn, the last Dragonians were stacking bronze cannonballs. Their skin gleamed red, their shaggy hair, tattoos, and claws didn't look any prettier in the morning light. Some carried clubs or spears. A few confused ogres carried surfboards, like they'd shown up at the wrong party. All of them were in a festive mood, giving each other high fives, tying plastic bibs around their necks, breaking out the knives and forks. One ogre had fired up a portable barbecue and was dancing in an apron that said, Kiss the Cook. The scene would have almost been funny, except Frank knew he was the main course. I sent your friends to the attic, Grandmother said. You can join them when we're done. The attic? Frank Tora turned. You told me I could never go in there. That's because we keep weapons in the attic, silly boy. Do you think this is the first time monsters have attacked your family? Weapons, Frank grumbled. Right, I've never handled weapons before. Grandmother's nostrils flared. Was that sarcasm, Fai Zhang? Yes, Grandmother. Good, there may be hope for you yet. Now sit, you must eat. She waved her hand at the nightstand where someone had set a glass of orange juice and a plate of poached eggs and bacon on toast. Frank's favorite breakfast. Despite his troubles, Frank suddenly felt hungry. He looked at grandmother in astonishment. Did you make you breakfast by Buddha's monkey? Of course not. And it wasn't the house staff. Too dangerous for them here. No, your girlfriend Hazel made that for you and brought you a blanket and a pillow last night and picked out some clean clothes for you in your bedroom. By the way, you should shower. You smell like burning horse hair. Frank opened and closed his mouth like a fish. He couldn't make sounds come out. Hazel had done all of that for him? Frank had been sure he destroyed any chance with her last night when he had summoned Gray. She's... Um... She's not... Not your girlfriend? Grandmother guessed. Well, she should be, you dolt! Don't let her get away. You need strong woman in your life, if you haven't noticed. Now, to business. Frank ate while Grandmother gave him a sort of military briefing. In the daylight, her skin was so translucent, her veins seemed to glow. Her breathing sounded like a crackly paper bag inflating and deflating. But she spoke with firmness and clarity. She explained that the ogres had been surrounding the house for three days, waiting for Frank to show up. They want to cook you and eat you, she said distastefully, which is ridiculous. You taste terrible. Thank you, grandmother. She nodded. I admit I was somewhat pleased when they said you were coming back. I'm glad to see you one last time, even if your clothes are dirty and you need a haircut. Is this how you represent your family? I've been a little busy, grandmother. No excuse for sloppiness. At any rate, your friends have slept and eaten. They're taking stock of the weapons in the attic. I told them you would be along shortly, but there are too many ogres to fend off for long. We must speak of your escape plan. Look in my nightstand. Frank opened the drawer and pulled out a sealed envelope. You know the airfield at the end of the park? Grandmother asked. Could you find it again? Frank nodded mutely. It was about three miles to the north, down the main road through the canyon. Grandmother had taken him there sometimes when she would charter planes to bring in special shipments from China. There's a pilot standing by to leave at a moment's notice, Grandmother said. He is an old family friend. I have a letter for him in that envelope, asking him to take you north. But... Do not argue, boy, she muttered. Mars has been visiting me these last few days, keeping me company. 
He told me of your quest. Find Death in Alaska and release him. Do your duty. But if I succeed, you'll die. I'll never see you again. That is true, Grandmother agreed. But I'll die anyway. I'm old. Thought I made that clear. Now did your praetor give you letters of introduction? Uh, yes, but... Good. Show those to the pilot as well. He's a veteran of the Legion. In case he has any doubt or gets cold feet, those credentials will make them him honor-bound to help you in any way possible. All you have to do is reach the airfield. The house rumbled. Outside, a ball of fire exploded in midair, lighting up the entire room. The ogres are getting restless, Grandmother said. We must hurry, now. About your powers, I hope you figured them out. Uh, Grandmother muttered some curses in rapid-fire Mandarin. Gods of your ancestors, boy, have you learned nothing? Yes, he stammered out the details of his discussion with Mars the night before. But he felt more tongue-tied in front of Grandmother. The gift of Paracelomenus. Paracelomenus. I think I think he was the son of Poseidon. I mean, Neptune. I mean, Frank spread his hands. The sea god. Grandmother nodded grudgingly. He was the grandson of, grandson of Poseidon, but good enough. How did your brilliant intellect arrive at, his fact, at this fact? A seer in Portland? He said something about my grand, grand, great-grandfather, Shen Lun. Uh, the seer said he was blamed for the 1906 earthquake that destroyed San Francisco and the old location of Camp Jupiter. Go on. At camp, they said a descendant of Neptune that had caused the disaster. Neptune is the god of earthquakes, but I don't think great-grandfather actually did it. Causing earthquakes isn't our gift. No, grandmother agreed. But yes, he was blamed. He was unpopular as a descendant of Neptune. He was unpopular because his real gift was much stranger than causing earthquakes. And he was unpopular because he was Chinese. Chinese boy had never been before claimed royal Roman blood. An ugly truth, but there is no denying it. He was falsely accused, forced out in shame. So, if he didn't do anything wrong, why did you tell me to apologize for him? Grandmother's cheeks flushed. Because apologizing for something you didn't do is better than dying for it. I wasn't sure if the camp would hold you to blame. I did not know if the prejudice of the Romans had eased. Frank swallowed his breakfast. Even teased in school, and on the streets sometimes, but not that much. And never at Camp Jupiter. Nobody at camp, not once, had made fun of him for being Asian. Nobody cared about that. They only made fun of him because he was clumsy and slow. He couldn't imagine what it, would, what it had been like for his great-grandfather. Accused of destroying the entire camp. Drummed out of the lesion for something he didn't do. And a real gift, Grandmother asked. Have you at least figured out what that is? His mother's old stories swirled in Frank's head, fighting like a swarm of bees. He was the greatest dragon of all. He remembered his mother's appearing next to him in the backyard, as if she'd flown him from the attic. He remembered her coming out of the woods, saying he'd given a mama grizzly bear, grizzly bear directions. You can be anything, Frank said. That's what she always told me. Grandmother huffed. Finally, a dim light goes on in that head of yours. Yes, Faizang. Your mother was not simply boosting your self-esteem. She was telling you the literal truth. But another explosion shook the house. Ceiling plaster fell like snow. Frank was so bewildered, he barely noticed. Anything? 
within reason. Grandmother said, living things. It helps if you know the creature well. It also helps if you're in a life and death situation such as combat. Why do you look so surprised, Fi? You always have said you're not comfortable in your own body. We all feel that way. All of us with the blood of Pylos. This gift was only given once to a mortal family. We're unique among demigods. Poseidon must have been feeling especially generous when he blessed our ancestor. Or especially spiteful. The gift has often proven a curse. It did not save your mother. Outside, a cheer went up from the ogres. Someone shouted, Zang! Zang! You must go, silly boy. The grandmother said, Our time is up. But I, I don't know how to use my power. I, I've never... I can't... You can, grandmother said, or you will not survive to realize your destiny. I don't like this prophecy of seven that Mars told me about. Seven is an unlucky number in Chinese. A ghost number. But there's nothing we can do about that. Now go! Tomorrow evening is the four Feast of Fortuna. You have no time to waste. Don't worry about me. I will die in my own time. In my own way. I have no intention of being devoured by those ridiculous ogres. Go! Frank turned at the door. He felt like his heart was being squeezed through a juicer, but he bowed formally. Thank you, grandmother, he said. I'll make you proud. She muttered something under her breath. Frank almost thought she had said, You have. She sta he stared at her, dumbfounded, but her expression immediately soured. Stop gaping, boy. Go shower and dress. Comb your hair. My last image of you, and you show me messy hair? He patted down his hair and bowed again. His last image of grandmother was of her glaring out the window, as if thinking about the terrible scolding she would give the ogres when they invaded her home. That's the end of chapter 35. That was probably one of the most heartfelt chapters I think we've seen so far. And I think, I hope that Frank is able to figure out how exactly to use his powers and whether he has a clear understanding of what his actual powers are. Because it took him a good minute to understand what exactly were her powers' powers. But hopefully he completely puts it together. He puts all the puzzle pieces together and he's able to figure out how what well, what exactly his power is my theory is that he can probably shapeshift as the little truth is that he can turn into anything so i'm assuming he has the power of shapeshifting that was granted by Nep uh, by neptune slash poseidon so we'll have to see how frank uses that power and if they're able to make it out of the ogre party alive and hopefully they do because i do i i have a strong feeling that hazel percy and frank are going to be three of the most crucial people of the seven uh which will include uh hopefully other, the others as well possibly including you know jason leo uh piper and maybe annabeth but we'll have to see, and we will uh, see how exactly this entire ogre battle goes when we read chapters 36 and 37 next week. So until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom. Oh, and if you like this episode and if you like this podcast, if you want to show some extra support, my Patreon is located in the description of my podcast. Totally optional, not required, but if you want to show some extra support, that would be much appreciated. And yeah, so thank you guys for all uh, for listening to the, today's episode. And again, until next week, 
Stay safe and stay out of boredom.